You're listening to Sister Radio. In this show, we're talking with life and business coach Mira Jolie. Mira is just an all-around super cool, creative, inspiring woman. So get ready to get inspired. And whether you're in business or you just are down to talk about life, listen as Mira talks with Sister Radio about life, business, and love. You're listening to Sister Radio. So, Mira, I have been waiting, actually, for this interview since we first met over the phone. What was that? Was that, like, a month ago? I think so. Okay. I've been waiting for this. I don't know why. I even woke up this morning and was, like, super excited. And I was like, what is going on? Mira's coming on Sister Radio. That's what's going on. I'm so excited. And you've been such an active social media friend of mine. Like I, we see each other in our notifications all the time. So to get to, to get real uh, via podcast, is going to be fun. Well, and I didn't realize that you were the found, you are one of the founders of ambitionista.org. I thought you were just like, kind of like a practitioner or um, just like a leader within that community. Can you tell me like a little bit about ambitionista.org and like the role you play? And um, yeah. Absolutely. So it's so funny. I coined the term ambitionista about five years ago. I can't even say that I started it. I saw someone use the hashtag randomly. You know, sometimes you just think make up a random hashtag. It doesn't really, it's not attached to anything in particular. You just use it and it sounded good. So I was in the search for building my life coaching business brand and I saw that word and I was like, oh my God, that's perfect for what I'm trying to do. I, I really want to use that. And I, I did my research and no one else was using it for anything in particular. It had been used a couple of times in a hashtag or maybe offhandedly on a Tumblr page, but it wasn't a brand. So I said, okay, that's it. I'm going to trademark this and I'm going to run with it. So I started, um, I, I got the domain ambitionista.org. And I wanted it to be an org because I felt like it had the potential to grow into something that had a nonprofit element to it, or um, I wanted it to feel like a community, and org has that that vibe to it. So I launched the website. I launched a Twitter chat to go with it. I set up a Facebook community to go with that, um, and it's just become synonymous with my name. So if you can't remember Mira Jolie, which sometimes people have a hard time pronouncing anyway, you probably remember that girl who started Ambitionista and then you'll go look up Ambitionista and you'll find me. So that was kind of the mindset behind it. And and an Ambitionista is a young, ambitious woman with goals and dreams who will stop at nothing to make it happen. And those are the type of women that are drawn to me. So I am the founder. I, uh, I'm the lady in charge and, um, <laughs> And I don't even like to think of it that way. I like to think of it more as sort of the big sister mentor to this community because these women are all shining brightly in their own way. And every single one of us has the potential to be the founder of our own organizations. So um, I'm just I'm just here to create the space and to and to support every single one of them to 
be the best they can be. Yeah, I love the threads on Facebook and on Twitter with um, just you asking really good pointed questions. And like it just opens up like everyone's sharing. Everyone has a different perspective and concept and idea. And I just feel like even just reading through the threads and the comments, I get so much from that. I'm saying, I mean, every single one of you is brilliant. And so you bring so much wisdom to the conversations. I just, it's a joy every single week that we run those Twitter chats to hear from each of you. And I don't know, I think on average we have 30 to 50 women that come every week, but then that, that rotates. So every week is a slightly different audience. And there's got to be at least a thousand women that have actively come through those Twitter chats and, and each of them has just got so much wisdom to share. It really is. If, if you're a listener, go search that hashtag and check out the historical tweets because there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, I was uh, watching the video that you just did, the one about self-sabotage. And mm-hmm. it's just so nice to know because it's really a vulnerability thing that happens within women as a group. I think um, more and more women are more vulnerable and open. I think that's kind of like the feminine energy is tends to be vulnerable but like within ambitionista and everything you're doing it definitely feels very safe and there's like that you know how women just are always underselling themselves I feel like we there's a place for it to to admit it it within that like thread in those comments but there's also this whole other thing that happens where like nobody gets away with underselling themselves Mm, yeah at least not for long not for long yeah Yeah. the beauty of that community is that we see we see through each other's stuff because we've all been there yeah I love it well so tell me a little bit about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur did you always know you wanted to be you know a business coach a life coach is this something you fell into like what's your story so I was the artsy quiet shy kid in school I hated PE. I was definitely the one that was more interested in in sitting quietly and and drawing in the corner or um, being in intimate friend circles talking about life. Uh, I wasn't so into the teenage drama, so I didn't really even feel like I fit in when I was in school. Um, And for many years, I didn't really know. I couldn't imagine what I would do as an adult. I just knew that I was quiet and that I that all my friends would come to me for advice and that I was definitely the go-to counselor in my community and among my friends. And um, I think there was a time where I thought, well, maybe I'll become a counselor or I just didn't know. And, and I kind of fell into sales, which seems totally opposite to <laughs> what I just told you about my personality. But somehow I ended up in my first couple of jobs in sales. So I was in clothing sales and cell phone sales and advertising sales. And I just kind of went up the ladder. Turns out I'm, I'm pretty good with people, even though I'm a little shy. I got over that over the years, having to talk to a lot of new people and having to kind of get out of my comfort zone. But what I loved was having those one-on-one consultations that work with people and help them solve their problems whether that was helping to find the right cell phone, helping to find the right outfit, helping to find the right advertising campaign for their business, I got my, my feet wet in, in consulting people as a salesperson. And sales is such an important skill to have as a business owner. So that served me very well. Around the age of 19, I was first approached by a network marketing professional, someone who had a business opportunity they wanted to run by me. And I instantly saw 
the potential there. And a network marketing business is a brilliant business model because it allows you to, to run a business without having to do all of the risky startup stuff. You get to just kind of plug into an existing system. So that was what opened my eyes to the possibilities. And from that point on, I didn't, I didn't actually really succeed with the company, but I did take advantage of the business opportunity and learn a lot from it. And I got a lot of mentorship and I got a lot of um, personal development out of that. And I just, I just said to myself, you know, I have to find a way to be successful as an entrepreneur because I just feel like there's so much I can do to, to be of service to the world and, and working a nine to five under someone else's rules with, with all these restrictions and all this bureaucracy just doesn't vibe with me. I can't, I can't imagine doing this for the rest of my life. I can't. And I was successful in my corporate life and I, I became a sales trainer at one point and I just, I could have played the game. It just wasn't in me. So I had the physical ability to. Did you feel like you burnt out at all? Like from the corporate, on the yeah. corporate side, because I, mean, I know I for like... me, that's like been the hardest thing. Like when you said like the bureaucracy, it just, yeah, I, I burn out on that. Like I can do that yeah. for two years, but I'll burn out after two years. Yeah, I just know my heart wasn't in it. It was like just going through the motions. So maybe that was what burnout yeah. felt like. I just, and my boss, actually the last regular, one of the last regular jobs that I had, she kind of gently encouraged me to leave because she could tell I wasn't happy. Wow, that's and, actually kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, like and I that. think that's the sign of a good manager because she wants her people to be there enthusiastically and not like they're forcing themselves to show up every day. So my journey to become an entrepreneur beyond network marketing, because that is definitely one way to do it, um, I wanted to do it the more traditional way. I wanted to learn the ropes of setting up your own business structure and registering your business and managing your own accounting and managing your own marketing. I wanted to do all of that. So. I, um, one of my early businesses was nightlife production. I started a, an event planning company and then I did some freelance graphic design. Um, I did some, some more salacious things. I tried working as an exotic dancer and I also worked as a dominatrix, which whether you realize it or not, are also running your own business. We're independent contractors. Um, so I, I took some really creative routes to, to learning how to start a business and in the end, I, it came full circle because I know in, in high school I had thought about becoming a counselor. At some point, someone brought to my attention that, that life coaching was something, it was a thing. I didn't even know it was a thing. And it just clicked. I just got that, the sparkly, like, butterflies in my belly, of in my chest of just like, oh, my God, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. It was just, it was just a moment of knowing. And... It took me a few years to follow it because I was afraid. I had imposter syndrome really bad, and I didn't think that anyone would take me seriously or, you know, that I was too young to be a life coach. So I, I continued to navigate a lot of the lessons that I had left to learn, and, and I finally came full circle by the age of 30 and decided to get certified and decided to take it seriously and build a practice. So here I am, 35 years old, five years later, and, uh, and I really have built something. Yeah. Well, you know what? I wanted to ask you because everything you're saying, I feel like you're very, very intuitive, like super intuitive. Do you feel like that's part of the reason why you are like made to be a life coach? I think that's definitely one of them. And I think intuition can be applied in in a lot of industries, of course. Excuse me. 
Yeah, because even in sales, I feel like have like I'm somebody I consider myself intuitive, but like sales, I think takes like um, like a trained intuition, like reading people, and yeah, yeah. So that's like all skill sets that are amazing for business. No wonder you're like flourishing and thriving. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that um, for any helping profession, so whether that be a counselor or a naturopath or a life coach or even a massage therapist, like anyone that works one-on-one helping people in kind of a healing way, that intuition is, is core. So if you feel like you're a listener here who has that deep intuition, consider finding your space in the helping profession. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. We need more helpers out there in the world. And I do have to say about you giving me personal like or business advice you know how you were saying to me um when we talked on the phone just about putting my picture putting my face with my brand and uh what's so funny because I kind of was like yeah yeah like maybe all right I don't know I'm thinking about it but like not a week later we had um Another entrepreneur, Amy Hook, on the show, and she said the exact same thing to me when we got off the interview and finished the interview. I was like, Mira was right. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, she's got it. She, you are like, you got it. You hit the nail on the head. So, yeah, I mean, imagine if I just hid behind the Ambitionista logo and you didn't know who I was, I don't think that what I do would attract the same level of person. It's, it's that special touch from the founder that, that makes it go. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I'm still like kind of butting my head against that idea, but I took it as a sign. I was like, I'm listening. <laughs> I haven't yeah. taken action yet, but I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. It'll, it'll come in time. Yeah, of course. So I just want to ask you, what are you passionate about? Oh, such a big question. So I identify as a multi-potentialite or a multi-passionate person, someone who could do a lot of things and and has a ton of interests. So this question is always hard for me to answer. I am passionate about intersectional feminism, feminism that includes everyone and that, that considers all perspectives and that every one of us has a different lived experience and that the overlaps in identities are important to consider. I am passionate about makeup and beauty because I have a side hustle in the beauty industry and I've been raised in in a family of cosmetologists and I'm passionate about performance art. One like my happy place is to go out on the town in West Hollywood on a weekend. Actually, it doesn't matter what night of the week it is. There's always something fun going on, but I love being at the burlesque shows and the drag shows and the improv nights and just there's something about seeing someone express themselves on stage that just lights me up. So I, I try to feed my my soul with, with those experiences. So let's see. We've got intersectional feminism. We've got makeup and beauty and <laughs> performance art. I think that's a good starting point. There's so many passions there, but that is, that's a good litmus test to who I am. And most people that know me well know that I'm obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race and, and everything that RuPaul is doing with his yes. life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, super inspiring. I, yeah, right on. Everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes, and yes. I think that's a great place to start, by the way. You just blew me out the water. (laughs) (laughs) I like your passions. And I feel like you're a true Renaissance woman. And, like, I feel like we're in a Renaissance right now. And so it's just, it's really cool. And, like, the other thing that I, like, can't get this out of my mind is, 
Like people in the world, we need people who blow up the box, like whatever that box is, whether it's culturally, socially. And I just feel like you do that really well. And so it's glad I'm glad to not be like the only one who's like, this is so important, like to not feel like you have to fit into all these boxes. And I feel like you really do that well. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's been a process of coming to a place of being comfortable in my own skin to where I can just say, hey, world, this is who I am. Let, you know, love it or leave it. Yeah. Um, but those are the most inspiring people in the world is those people that, that don't give fucks. They don't care. They're <laughs> like, you know what, this is who I am. If you don't like it, that's cool. Yeah. I'm still comfortable and I still love myself. Yeah, I love it. Right on. Well, so how do you hope to help and empower women who are in business? How do I help to empower women who are in business? So what I have noticed is that most of us get in business because we just can't stand the idea of working for someone else, but we don't have a lot of guidance and we're rebels. So we we're not afraid to go make it up on our own and blaze our own trail, but there's not enough mentorship out there for entrepreneurs, for budding entrepreneurs. I like the word emerging entrepreneurs actually. And, uh, I remember my journey being pretty clunky and I made a lot of mistakes. In fact, I have a whole webinar called 10 mistakes most new entrepreneurs make and how to avoid them because there are some, some very common patterns. So I have launched a quiz to help you find out what your entrepreneur superpower is. And then once you understand what makes you unique as a, as a business owner, I walk you through those 10 mistakes so you can be prepared for them or, or hopefully avoid them. And then I offer a year-long mentorship program, and I can only take on so many at a time, so it is a limited opportunity, but I'm able to mentor 10 to 15 entrepreneurs at a time to guide them through their first year. So we partner up and we meet on a -a once-a-month basis via phone, and I help you just step-by-step-by-step through that first year, because that first year is the most overwhelming. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that just like the initial leap, like the days following are kind of like, where do I start? Where do I go? How do I do this thing? And I don't know about you, but for me, the start, like the initial first start is always the hardest because then once you, once you get it going, you're good and you can, you can get momentum and roll. But, um, have you noticed that a lot of women are like, in the very, very beginning stages when they go to you? Or are they like a little bit further in? A lot of them are still in idea mode. They've got a lot of great ideas, but they're not really sure which one's most viable. Um, they're trying to decide if, if it's really for them because they're afraid. There's a lot of fear in being an entrepreneur. Most likely, 90% of the people in your life are employees and they're happy being employees and they have a specific um, security mindset around having a good job and benefits and a regular paycheck. So they, they don't even know how to support you because they don't think the way you think. They think you're kind of a weirdo for wanting to do what you're about to do. So there is that big hurdle of getting over the fear of being different and blazing your own trail. And and what if it doesn't work? Mm. So we, we work through a lot of that fear and uncertainty and, and really it's kind of a, I say that you're building up a risk muscle. You have to have a, the ability to to navigate risk because risk is going to be one of the only constants in your life as an entrepreneur. You're kind of like a business doula. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, I've never heard anyone say that before. Yeah, I, I always like thought of myself as a business personal trainer, but I'll take doula. Yeah, oh, both. Hey, because after the doula part, you're going to need some personal training. 
<laughs> That's great. Well, I love it. What have been like some of your biggest struggles as a woman in business, a female entrepreneur? What have been like, yeah, some of the struggles you've had to overcome? So many, so many. Um, one of them was learning to surround myself with the right type of people. Because I think for all, all of us, as we're going through our 20s especially, we have this strong desire to fit in or to have people like us. And, and so learning that fitting in is actually counterproductive to being a strong business person, kind of like you were saying, um, you know, being comfortable in your own skin and breaking the mold and stepping outside of the box. So early on, it was, it was not surrounding myself with, with toxic people just because they were cool didn't mean that I needed to be like them or that they were good for my energy. So learning how to have boundaries, to protect my energy, to be surrounded by people that are going to lift me up and not tear me down was a huge early lesson. Another lesson, this was a really big one, was around protecting my intellectual property. Many of us will come up with a brilliant business idea and not immediately get that copyright or trademark. And, uh, and I did that. I made that mistake. So I went through a trademark battle with Ambitionista early on. And I'm still kind of fighting it because I have to coexist with someone who decided to use that word after I used it. So a word of caution, if you have a brilliant idea for a brand name, get it copyrighted before you've even started your process of building your business. Because if you thought of it, some other brilliant person around the world might have thought of it too. And, and you want to own that. That's your baby. Yeah. Um, another struggle that I've had over the years is choosing bad business partners not really being conscious in that process and not really having the paperwork in place to protect that relationship. I, I think of business partnership a lot. Like I think of marriage, you are partnering for a purpose to support each other through this major life transition of starting a business. And I think of starting a business, like having a baby. So totally, you guys, you need a, a, a prenup before you, a business prenup before you start with a business partner. And you guys need to be really clear about the custody of that baby, that business baby, should you ever decide to stop partnering. Um, it's huge. And I, because I crashed and burned through a couple of those decisions, I've decided I think I just want to be a solopreneur. I would rather run it myself and have contractors and employees, but I don't, I don't see myself being in partnership again. Okay. Might be too much of a control freak for that. It's possible. Um, those are some of the top three intellectual property partnerships and early on in my business, just choosing to surround myself with the right types of people. No, these are all like really, really important things to say. Like I, everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, okay, make a mental note because these are things I'm kind of starting to have to deal with and confront and take a look at. Cause I'm in baby, baby stages. I'm in like embryonic stages with, with sister radio really. <laughs> so I, I'm like taking it in. It, it actually makes me feel like, okay, maybe I need to be getting on board with some coaching, <laughs> you know, just I would be, it would be my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, those are really important things. I think too, like about, um, toxic people. Cause I, I don't know about you, but like for me, there's so many things that like we learn when we're younger, as far as like relationally dealing with people that aren't necessarily healthy ways to, <laughs> to be in relationship with people, whether it's business, friendship, whatever, and that can carry over. And in business, yeah, it's, it's important to not bring like toxic habits into, yeah. 
your your future and your present. So yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I love that. Woo! I'm like. I want to say to anyone who's listening that if you haven't been to therapy, I think every single human could benefit from from working through your past stuff, your childhood stuff, because it'll make you a better business person. And no one tells you this, but entrepreneurship is actually a personal development course disguised as a business. Okay, I like that. Okay, so, I haven't even, that's a new thought for me. I'm, yeah, I'm you have to grow in order for your business to grow. So tackle your stuff and your business will grow. That's really good. Have you like noticed that as you are like addressing some of these habits or you're making changes so that you don't repeat past mistakes, do you notice that that like even though it's in your business, it's carrying over into your personal life? Yes, on some level. Some things do overlap uh, because they don't exist in a vacuum. You know, your business is not really actually separate from your personal life. It's, it all, it's all one big flow. Yeah. And on any, any given day, I'm taking care of personal things and I'm taking care of business things. I'm sitting in my home office, but I still have to feed my cat or I still have to feed myself or I still have to handle a doctor's appointment. So they all, you know, it, it, is, it is all connected. And what I'm noticing is around habits. I think all of us struggle to form quality habits. Every once in a while, you'll meet somebody who just is a habit master and they're really, really good at that. But I think most of us struggle. And so for me, the habit of taking care of my body is directly tied to the habit of following up in my business or the habit of um, getting enough sleep is tied to the habit of getting up early and starting my day as a business owner. So I'm going to say that the thing that, that all of us need to really master is, is healthy habits. Yeah. Well, and the, I think the reason why I'm asking that question was because you're a life and a business coach, but it's really one in the same is, is what my like takeaway kind of is from this conversation. Yeah. yeah your life and your business connected. overlap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And if like, for instance, if you are having an issue in your romantic relationship, if you're in one, that can really impact your business. It can make it really hard to focus on work if if you're having fights every day in your in your romantic life. Or if you, you know, if you have a major health catastrophe come up, that's going to directly impact your ability to work too. So they, they do, they do work together and having the right habits to to take care of yourself in all aspects will make you a better business person. Yeah. I love that we're part of a generation that's all about self care. Cause mm. you know, that goes a long way. <laughs> I agree. And I feel like our generation really cares about work life balance. We don't, we don't want to be work robots. We want to actually enjoy the things that we've built. Yeah. Because in America, the culture kills me. Like it kills me that, like getting enough sleep is considered a luxury. Like things like that drive me yeah. crazy. It's like we can't just be all about getting the paycheck and the ideas that the paycheck is the success. And there's there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And so I there's got to be. And that's what's so cool about our generation is we want we want to change the world. We don't just want to have keep up with the Joneses and have a nice car and a nice house. Exactly. Totally. Well, so it's Pride Month, and shout out, it's Pride Month! I'm so excited. I think I might be going to New York Pride, because one of my best, best friends since I first moved out to L.A. in 2009 is actually flying in. I don't know that I can make it. Are you going to Pride in L.A.? 
Absolutely. So we have multiple prides because there's so many people here. So we have Long Beach Pride and we have Venice Pride and we have Orange County Pride and we have West Hollywood. So I'm really looking forward to West Hollywood is this week. Okay. Uh, I'm so jelly that I'm missing it. West Hollywood's my favorite for sure. Yeah, well, and we're, this is pretty much the anniversary of the Orlando shooting, and instead of doing a parade this year, they're doing a march. Yes. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's timely, very timely. How have you been impacted since the shooting, and obviously everything that's going on in our country, in the world? Yeah, how how have you been, like, what has been your perspective in this past year? As a very empathetic person, I feel a lot. I feel not only my own feelings, but I feel other people's feelings. So, And I've noticed, especially as, as active as I am on social media, it's kind of hard to avoid hearing about all the tragedies that are going on. I mean, it feels like there's a terrorist attack every week. It feels like politics has become a zoo um, or a reality show, maybe more accurately. There's just... There's a lot to be disappointed about. There's a lot to feel downtrodden about that, that like maybe this is just the new normal and it won't ever get better. And I've, I've had to really practice a lot of self-care and remember that everything comes in cycles. So if you think about your own life, there are definitely times when you're happy and there are definitely times where you're struggling with something. And those struggles are really times of growth. So I think that our our world and our country specifically is going through one of those dark times, one of those struggles. And I want to believe that it's a time of growth and that, like everything else, it's cyclical. So there will always be tragedy, but I feel like there's there's something is coming to a head. And so just being mindful of the fact that not only do we go through these cycles of growth, but that the world goes through these cycles of growth. And, and just taking good care of myself in the process and taking good care of my community and, and really creating opportunities for people to connect and relate. Yeah, that's really well put. Like, especially, that's not a perspective I've had about this being a time of growth. If anything, I've been super negative about it and trying not to be because I'm not a negative person. By nature, I'm kind of glass half full. Um but, oh, man, yeah, I'm really well put. I, I think you must be right that it is a time of growth because I just can't believe that it's for nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah, it has to be for something. And um, I learned this concept many years ago at one of my old jobs. A system cannot evolve without first breaking down first. So we have an old system that's no longer working, and so it's in the process of breakdown. And the only way that it can evolve is by breaking down first, and then it can reorganize at a higher level. So we're witnessing the breakdown, and it might feel kind of hopeless right now, but I really want to believe that there is a higher level of organization beyond it. Yeah, that's good. Well, so what does being a part of the LGBT community mean to you today, and how or what do you hope to see change within your community? Or the world as a whole. But what do you hope to see change? Or I should actually, to phrase that better, would be, what do you hope to see change for the LGBT community? So being a part of the community gives me a sense of pride and belonging. I came out of the closet as a lesbian when I was 17. And lesbian is the most accurate label. I think labels are sometimes problematic because they're not perfect, but they give you a simple understanding and I think sexuality can be so fluid and gender can be so fluid 
Um, so it gives me a sense of pride. I feel like I have a very distinct culture and I'm, I'm really, really happy to have, no matter where I go in the United States, there's a gay bar or some community organization that I can get involved with and feel like I've found my people and that I'm part of something. So I have a, a real strong sense of pride of being a part of this community. And it's been a, a long time coming. There are maybe people that are listening that are still struggling with their identity and, and coming out. Maybe you, you've grown up in an environment that, really suppresses that in you or makes you feel like it's wrong or bad. And I just want to say that who you are is beautiful and that you are made exactly as you are and that it's okay to be who you are. And that when you do come to terms with it and when you do get comfortable in who you are, that there's a whole community here waiting to love on you and support you and lift you up. So that, that part of, of my identity just means so much to me and it's so has such beauty in it. And then our community as a whole hard to answer that question like what do I hope to see for the community I, I think that we're going in the right direction with feminism and intersectionality now including LGBT people LGBTQIA you know people of all identities we're, we're having better conversations about how to support each other and how to be allies within our own community and for folks whose, whose uh, experiences are different than ours so for me to be continuing to build alliances with um, maybe straight black women who support my my white queer feminism and me recognizing what, what makes her struggle specific to her and her recognizing what makes my struggle specific to me and, and creating those that compassion and that empathy. I think what the whole world needs right now is empathy and, and to be able to see and understand other people's perspectives and not just our own. So I would say if we can extend that into our community as much as possible, that, that we are being part of the change. Yeah. And I'll just say to, to tag onto that, cause everything you're saying is so important. Um, being a white cisgendered female, I feel like speaking to all the, the white cisgendered females out there, this is like our time really to listen and cause you don't, you don't know like somebody's struggle unless you've been through it. Like really you don't like, and, um, I think that there's so much like just ignorance that's not maybe necessarily a mean ignorance, but it just is because you don't, you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And, um, I think it's a really important time to stop and listen if you're like in a position of privilege or if you're considered quote unquote the norm, and, um, yeah. And listening to people who are marginalized and listening, like, listen, 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 you don't have to interject or think they're wrong because it's not your experience. You can't argue with someone's experience. And yeah, I, I don't know where that plays into there. I don't know if this is eloquently being put. Or... Oh, I think it's beautiful. I'm so glad you brought that up. And it's so true. Like, so let's just say that you are a white cisgender woman listening and someone, and you told me about your life experience, and I said, no, nah, that can't be true, because that's not what I experience, how invalidating that would feel, Yeah, you know, and so just for all of us to to acknowledge other people's experiences and, and believe them when they tell you that, I'm not, I'm not being hard on you right now, I'm just, I'm just asking you to be as much of a support system to us as we would hope to be to you. So we can all work together because we're not, we're on the same team. Yeah. We're in the same boat. You know, we're, we all struggle with different things. And, and if we work together, 
we have a much higher likelihood of changing the world than if we fight each other in this process. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I love it. (laughs) Well, so I want to ask you, these are like my favorite questions to ask people because I'm always surprised at answers. And also, I just think it like gives insight. So I wanted to ask you, if your life was a book or a movie, what would the title be? Oh, you didn't prepare me for this one. Oh, no, you didn't read the interview questions I sent (laughs) you. No, I guess not. Let me think really hard about this for a second. I'm going to go with life or something like it. Okay. I like it. Okay, so if you were a superhero, this is another, like, get your creative thinking cap on. (laughs) If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? My superpower would be um, almost like waving a magic wand or or a magical ribbon, <laughs> something really gay, and uh, and giving bestowing empathy upon people, people that that are like a particular president we all know who, don't, who doesn't doesn't appear to be able to to feel other people's feelings. He, he feels like he only has his own experience, and it's a very self centered existence. So to be able to 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 wave empathy upon powerful people and everyday people so that they can feel what I feel because I feel so much. And I think if all of us felt what I feel, we would be much gentler and, and, and more interested in working together. Ooh, I love that. I, I have, that's the first time I ever heard that for an answer. I love that. It's so good. I wish that was your superpower. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I guess it kind of is. Yeah, it's no, not, it's not an overnight process. I think, you know, all of us have to come to that on our own yeah no that's true okay so my final question for you is what does being a sister mean to you being a sister means seeing another woman as a part of you because we all have such shared experiences regardless of our differences and it means Showing up when you don't feel like showing up because someone needs you. It means loving on another woman as you would a sister, even if you're not biologically related. And just being there to lift her up and and working as a community. I think that sisterhood is about community building. Right on. I love it. I love it. Mira, this was such an honor I'm like gushing over this interview. I knew it was going to be so good. That's why I was so excited this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's such an honor to be on your show. I can't wait to hear the podcast. And and for anyone that wants to reach out to me, it would just be an honor. So Mira Jolie on every platform. Um, Don't be a stranger. Yeah, ambitionisa.org. Go to ambitionista.org. And then also, um, Joe Lee. I can't believe people have a hard time with your name because all I thought of when I saw your name was Angelina. <laughs> yep, but it's spelled differently, so that's where it gets confusing. No, so is it? Oh, now I feel like a turd. Yeah, and then Joe Lee is J-O, and then Lee, L-E-I-G-H. Okay. Oh my gosh, I've been spelling Angelina's name wrong forever. <laughs> Whoops. But yeah, so everyone go to ambitionista.org and then follow Mira on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and get connected. Thank you, Mira. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. You've been listening to Sister Radio. Thank you, Mira, for coming on the show and giving all of us ladies something to 
make us feel inspired and connected to our purpose and our dreams and empathy. Guys, I feel like the word of this show is empathy. The word of the day is empathy. And thank you, Mira, for being such a great example of what empathy and love looks like. We love y'all. Thanks for listening. Sister Radio.